Thank you for joining us today. This Sunday, the Sunday just before Easter, known as Palm Sunday. And that's what I would like to reflect on today under the title of The King No One Expected. Just a bit of framework. The three and a quarter years before this, Jesus' ministry had grown substantially. Great miracles were happening. There was a stir of excitement amongst the people who was this person. And the disciples saw great hope in the way the mission was going. And they were heading to Jerusalem and it looked like there was a real purpose to it. It looked like Jesus was about to do something very definite. At Jericho, on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus healed a blind man, Bartimaeus, who then followed them on the road with great excitement. Is this the son of David? People were asking as Bartimaeus had called out and Jesus had responded to. Is this the long for king who will rescue his people from all oppression? The king who would reign and bring peace, the king who would take Israel out from under the domination of the Roman rulers, the king who would make everything right. The disciples thought so. They discussed amongst themselves who was going to be the greatest amongst them in Jesus' government, his kingdom. They assumed they would have positions of authority and with that authority would come great privileges and benefits and they would have people to command. But Jesus told them no. James and John went one stage further through their mother. They asked Jesus if they could sit at his right hand and his left hand as his executive authority, to be his deputies, if you like. In our terminology, his home secretary, one responsible for the internal affairs, a foreign secretary, one for the external affairs. Again, Jesus said no. He called them together and said in Mark 10:42. You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them? Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great amongst you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. He was the king no one was expecting. Jesus had been on this journey to Jerusalem for a number of days. He set his face to Jerusalem and he told his disciples on three separate occasions that he was going to be rejected by the elders, the scribes and the chief priests to be handed over to the Gentiles who had put him to death but on the third day he would rise again. They couldn't see it because it was not the king that they were expecting. It didn't fit. When he told them this, even Peter said, that won't happen to you. I won't let it happen. And everyone else said the same thing. What kind of king is this Jesus? Let's read from Matthew 21 verse 1, which talks about this. Um, Palm Sunday. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says to you, what are you doing? 
Say that the Lord needs them. And he will send them straight away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. And a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed behind him shouted, Hosanna, which means praise or exalting nation's saving power to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, which is a strong messianic title. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? And the crowd answers, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. What kind of king is Jesus? This prophet, Zechariah, who's quoted in Matthew, says this in Zechariah 9, verse 9 Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king is coming to you. He is righteous, which means he will bring justice. He will put things right. He is victorious, which means he will bring salvation. He will rescue you. And he's lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. It's really clear in the Gospels. Jesus was in full control of his entry into Jerusalem. Every gospel incident records, every gospel records this incident. Jesus, John says Jesus found a young donkey. The others explain how he did it. A donkey with its colt on whom no one had yet sat. Matthew tells us that both the donkey and the colt came along. Mark tells us an interesting fact that Jesus promised to return the colt to its owners. A great example to anyone who borrows anything. Jesus sat on the cult. No one had yet sat on this cult. And he rode him into Jerusalem with the crowds cheering all around him. This is one of the many natural miracles in nature that Jesus did to show who he was, the Lord of all, the Lord of all creation. I think in many ways we need to be like this cult. This cult had not yet been trained, was not qualified, was not experienced, but he gently and courageously did what he was asked to do. The Lord has need of you. And then when we've done it, we go back to our place. As a result, through his grace, we somehow carry the glory of God. Because he said we could, he invited us to, he made it happen. The cult was only doing what he was supposed to do. In fact, what he was made to do. But that day, that day he carried the Lord of life. Do you think it's possible the animal sensed his creator? Longing with all creation without knowing it. And here was the son of God on his back. He ne never felt any human on him before. And now the son of God was there. Whenever we, by the grace of God, do anything that carries God's glory 
And it's often best if we have no idea that we are. We're only doing what the donkey did. The Lord had need of us and used us when it was appropriate for him to do so. He was available and he did it. Sometimes it's the simplest things in life, almost the everyday things that can make the biggest difference. And I think at this time, particularly many people are doing things that they may not have done before. In humility, somehow they're carrying the glory of God. They may be standing in the gap to pray. They may be serving their neighbor. They may be ministering in the hospital, saving lives. They may be doing the shopping. All of this is being done for the glory of God. God's glory is seen in self-sacrificial love. That is the way Jesus modeled it. That is the way it is. That is the kind of king he is. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. You might say, that's not the way I expect to see the kingdom of God coming. Surely it will come through us being wise and solving all the world's problems. There is, in a sense, true. That is, in a sense, true. God gave Adam, mankind, a mandate to subdue the earth and rule. And we should pray earnestly for a resolution to this crisis. A vaccine, an antidote, wisdom, something that turns it back, something that prevents its devastating impact. And when we look at history, I often see how God has intervened in the past. And you might say, how has God intervened? And I often think of this as God's nudges, helping mankind to find the thing that he needs to find to bring about a solution. We once had a disease called smallpox. It was the worst one of the worst. In 18th century Europe it's estimated that 400,000 people died every year from this disease and smallpox is estimated just in the 20th century alone to have killed possibly up to 300 million people. It caused horrendous sores and fevers and if people were fortunate enough to survive they often were left blind. The last known case of smallpox was in 1977. It's gone. Why I particularly like this story is that just up the road in a place called Barclay, there's a museum to a man called Edward Jenner, who was a doctor that lived there. And he noticed that the dairymaids were protected from smallpox, naturally having suffered first from cowpox. But even though he noticed this, he did nothing for a long time. And it was as though there was a kind of nudge of God upon him. And pondering this at last, he concluded that cowpox not only prevented, protected against smallpox, but it could be transmitted from one person to another as a means of protection. And when in May 1976, he acted on this in a really unusual way. He found a young dairymaid called Sarah Nelms, this is all just a few miles down the road, who had fresh cowpox lesions on her hands and arms. And on the 14th of May 1976, he took 
some matter from Sarah's Lysians, he did something outrageous. We'd never allow it today, we'd slate him for it. He had a gardener called Mr Phipps, who had an eight-year-old son, and he inoculated James with the cowpox. And after a period of fearing very unwell, James had very positive results. The end result of which, with a number of other scientists, a number of other, other events, smallpox is gone. And I see that as a, sim as a nudge of God. And you could say the discovery of penicillin or how cholera was communicated also with similar nudges. Will we solve everything and be able to rule well? I think the Bible says no, we won't. Man will never be able to rule wisely, humbly, because of the condition of his heart. You see, even now we understand that we were warned that global pandemics were possible. For example, by the Global Health Risk Commission. But governments were complacent and they weren't willing to spend the billions of pounds needed to, to, to research and to invest in these areas. But they will now. Mankind needs the rule of God. The King now comes in the way he came then. He brings justice. He puts things right. He brings salvation to those who receive him. And he will come again to this earth to put all things right. Although they didn't know it at the time, that entry into Jerusalem answered the, prof the prophecy of Zechariah, of the humble king. Not only did Jesus' acts emphasize the signs of the coming king, the son of David, but the crowds responded to us with great joy. It says in Luke 19, verse 37, when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. We all love to see miracles. We all rejoice to see miracles. They were rejoicing with the miracles. And they said, blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. The disciples must have thought, this is more like it. A praise party to rival them all. Finally, he's getting the recognition he deserves. And we will do part of it too. But then the king does something that no one expected him to do. The king no one expected did the unexpected thing yet again. He stops with all the crowds around him rejoicing. He looks up to see the city of Jerusalem. He begins to weep, not for himself, but for the city. He could see where their misplaced confidence in a Messiah who would deliver them from the Romans would take them. He could see that they would not recognize him truly the day of their visitation and he weeps over them. It says in Luke 19:41, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, if you, even you had known on this day, what would bring you peace? But now it's hidden from your eyes. He arrives into Jerusalem, goes to the temple, looks around and goes back to Bethany. The day seems to end in an, in an anticlimax. No crowning, no kingship as they wanted, 
he did the unexpected thing. He went back home to Bethany, to Mary and Martha and Lazarus. He was then and in many ways still is the king no one expected. Let us pray continue that we may see him as he is. For John tells us, when we see him as he is, we shall be like him.